0: Hey, everybody. We're back with our first episode following the conclusion of the 2018-2019 season. And with that, we have our end-of-the-season awards. We've got a few awards to give out we'll be discussing. um, Alex and I have some different picks, so we'll have a little debate around that. We then get into some news, team news, some international call-ups for some players, um, some coaching changes uh, on the way, and then we also have a couple transfer rumors, the start of a long transfer window. So we're looking forward to it. Let's get it started.
1: This is Alex, and this is James, and you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. James, it's been a whole week without Everton. How you feeling, buddy? Have you relapsed?
0: I was uh, curled up in a ball for the past week
1: crying,
0: eating ice cream straight out of the the uh, container. Really upset, no. But it is weird after having done this show so regularly for so long and enjoyed following the team over the course of the season to just have it all end. Luckily, there's still plenty going on in the way of transfer rumors and all that stuff. But it's, it is sad to not have another Everton match to look forward to for several months.
1: It is, but luckily we can reminisce. Seeing as how we like to start off with our end-of-the-season American Toffee Awards, it's way more special than all the other awards you may have heard before, right, James? Way more special. And and we did, when we were doing these,
0: we kind of wanted to try to, to switch it up a little bit because, of course, there's the official Everton Awards that I think are pretty universal. And then every every other podcast does their own awards. So pretty standard for the most part, but we did do uh, a couple things slightly differently. So whether you agree or not, let us know, but we're going to, we're going to jump right into things here. Um, The first award is the first pick award, which is the question when you're, when you're deciding who you're going to pick is if you had to take one player from the team based off of their performances this season to build the team around going forward, which player would it be? And so that's the first pick award, Alex, I'll let you go first.
1: I'm going to have to go with Luca Dean. Which may seem kind of odd in a sense that we're saying build a team around a left back. It didn't do it didn't work too bad with Layton Baines, right, for like a decade. But on a serious note, he had four goals and four assists this season, which tells you that he is very much someone that can contribute going forward. Furthermore, defensively he's sound, but it's important because when he has intelligent players working around him, it helps to build that kind of left flank next thing we need to do is build the right flank. But nonetheless, it's got to be Luka Dean, who I think is probably Everton's player of the season, officially at least. Got the official the official award. I think it's pretty universal. Dean,
0: unbelievable debut campaign for Everton and hopefully a mainstay on the left side for, for years to come. And it is a remarkable that he was, you know, it's been said a lot, but the task of replacing a club legend like Leighton Baines, such a long-standing servant and one of the best left backs in the Premier League for a long time to come in and just kind of replace him without any kind of hitches. It was very seamless transition and and just clearly bring us um to a level that that I think we haven't seen from the left back. You know, no discredit to Leighton Baines, but obviously in the twilight of his career. So amazing work done by by Marcel Brands to get him on eighteen million from Barcelona and just. A, a sign of, of positive things to come. And then so going to my pick for the first pick award, and this one might be slightly controversial, I'm going with Gilfie Sigurdsson. I know he didn't have the most consistent year. There were games where he was not particularly involved, but I think that the games where he wasn't involved really just highlight how important it is that we do have him consistently involved because what he's able to offer in the number 10 role Reminding us, reminding us that last season he was rarely allowed to play in his preferred position. And so I think after the, the huge transfer fee we paid for him, people were kind of maybe soured on him, um, not believing that maybe he was the player, maybe worth commanding such a high fee. But I think this year he really showed why we paid so much for him playing in the number 10, really able to be the the seamless link up between the midfield and the attack and able to create chances and his ability from long shots is constantly a threat that the the defenders have to respect so if I was going to try to build the team although you know his age is also another factor I still think he is probably one of the most important players in our team and a player that you can definitely build an entire team around
1: see it shouldn't be controversial and I'm glad you picked Gilfie Sigurdsson because I mean for some reason I've had to defend him all season all over the internet James you know get real confident behind my keyboard but uh nonetheless joint top score with 13 goals uh mind you that is his best return ever in a premier league season and he's been here a while it's not a small a small sample size his assists can kind of be you know a little a little underwhelming but that's because we didn't really have a whole lot of natural finishers in front of him furthermore he's just he's he's a pretty good leader on the pitch He's got fantastic stamina. I mean, he runs himself into the ground every match. And I think that, you know, himself, along with Richarlison and Luca Dean, are are proving to be exactly what we need to continue to push to the next level.
0: Yeah, and that's actually a good point that you highlight his defensive contributions, because with the the new style that Marco Silva was implementing this year, that high press is so important. And what Yofi Sigurdsson does is he plays as like that second forward player when in defense and his relentless work rate pestering the back line of the opposition was absolutely vital and can't be understated. And then you you take that and you also bring in all of his wonderful offensive qualities, his cre- creative uh, understanding of the game, and, and it just makes him really, really vital for our midfield. And I think without him, there's really no one else that could really fit into that role as well as he does. So that's my pick. And, of course, Alex picked Luca Dean, both very deserving and Looking forward to seeing them continue on in a blue shirt. The next award, and this one we are united in choosing our our awardee, is the Comeback Player of the Year. And I think most the, most of you listening right now will probably have a pretty good idea of who we're going to choose, but I'll throw it over to Alex for the big reveal.
1: Big Keno, Michael Keane. That's all I have to say, James. That's it. That's
0: it, yeah. I mean, it, he has been so instrumental in what amounted to a very formidable Everton back line at the end of the season. A player who, when we signed from Burnley, really people were wondering maybe he was out of his depth last year. There were games when he looked very inept, incapable of doing a lot of the very basic tasks of a center back. And there were those saying that we need to replace him and he doesn't have a long-term future here. Bring in Marco Silva, a new regime, a new style of play. And there were growing pains. There were definitely growing pains. I mean, the, the set piece struggles that were very, very prominent in the first few months of the campaign were, I think I think Michael Keane had an involvement in that. But as it as it went on, the performance is just so consistent, kept getting better. He was formed a really good partnership once we had the settled back two of Zuma and Keane together. They really developed a really strong relationship. And he was just instrumental in making sure towards the end of the season, That we were able to keep, and this was a stat that's been floating around on Twitter, home clean sheets against Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, and I'm forgetting. Arsenal. And Arsenal for the first time in like 70 years of any team that any team's done that. So that's a testament to to how much better Michael Keane has been. And of course, we're going to get into this a little bit shortly, but Ben putting himself back into the conversation for the England national team, very much deserved. So all credit to Michael Keenan he looks to be an absolute lock to maintain uh, the center back position for for the for the future
1: well said James as always so next up the up and coming player not really any rhyme or reason for it right just whoever you think is up and coming someone you could be excited about for next season James so my choice is going to be Dominic Calvert-Lewin DCL
0: they're a big player for us when we signed him, Obviously coming through the youth ranks, coming through the England uh, youth setup. People had very high hopes for him. Questions about the goals, his ability to finish, and I think that those questions are still very valid. but what we saw a little bit last season and even more so this season is a player becoming more comfortable uh, in his role, knowing what he does well and executing in those areas more more and more consistently every week. Um, his holdup play, his pace, his work rate, his pressing, all of those aspects of his game are very strong. And he even showed, you know, a few glimpses of, of the finishing ability that's so treasured uh, across all of Europe for any striker. So I think, you know, still very young, has a lot of room to grow. And though we will be looking to sign uh, probably a striker this summer, I think Dominic calvert lewin is going to be competing with that player rather than immediately replaced. And I think... He has a very, very bright future.
1: I think so as well. And and as you said specifically, right, like the big issue people have with Dominic Calvert Lewin is the fact that he's not scoring enough goals, but you know, the way that he has progressed from even last season to this season shows that he works really, really hard. He wants to continue to improve. And I think the goals will come for him in somewhat of a moderate amount, you know, In the future. I think he can definitely work himself up to become a 15 goal per season striker. And who knows, maybe that'll be the next season. For myself, I'm gonna have to go with Morgan Feeney, 20-year-old center back for the Everton U-23s. He's captained them in the last two years. This year, I think, as we mentioned last weekend, to a domestic treble to win the Premier League two, and then some sort of essentially a league cup. He has been highly touted. He actually made his first team appearance, I believe, in fall of 2017. I know that he's been training with the first team off and on this season as well. And so I'm kind of hoping that possibly next season he could be in the conversation or maybe should be in the conversation to be on the the fringe of the first team, if not probably loaned out.
0: Yeah, player, probably the most prominent uh, youth prospect we have, been highly touted, been linked with the Bundesliga I think a lone move is probably the best move for him um, for his career and for development perspective. Looking forward to seeing him feature in an Everton shirt, probably not next year, but maybe a couple years down the line. Really optimistic about what he brings to the table and uh, think he think he's going to be a really, really strong player.
1: So next up, most fun to watch. Who you got, James?
0: So for my pick, I'm going to pick the beautiful, not just fun to watch because he's extremely handsome and has fantastic hair, <laughs> but also because of what he brought to the side. And it's another midfield player, and it's a Loney Andre Gomez. when he was on the pitch, you know he, he arrived from Barcelona, didn't really know what to expect. It took him a while to finally make his debut into the first team, and when he did, we were really in for a treat, like his range of passing. What he brings in that that second role behind Sigurdsson and alongside Gay when we had our our best, I think our best uh, midfield trio was really like magnificent. And it's it's been said a lot by many people that we need to sign him permanently. But he is like you know Mikel Arteta esque, the really creative, able to involve players from bring the ball out from deep, get forward players involved, switch fields, do it all and look great doing it. So for my my pick for most fun to watch, I had a blast watching Andre Gomez this year.
1: That's fair. And he can also hit some bangers, can he? Yeah, absolutely. For myself, I'm going to go with Bernard. I think Bernard is super, super exciting to watch. He's a ton of fun. I'd really like him to contribute a little bit more in terms of the stat sheet. But I think his style of play is actually really unlike anyone else in the league, which is awesome to think about. The way that he's able to kind of just glide around the pitch, he's got so much pace to burn. He's got a low center of gravity, which makes it uh, you know, solid for him to be able to trick his opponents. I love watching him drive into the box from the left hand side. And, you know, it just is awesome. I'm like it's also hilarious to kind of see uh five foot two Bernie just gliding around the pitch, like making defenders fall on top of themselves and whatnot. Come on, Alex, he's like five four. Give him some credit. No, he's not. Don't
0: sell him short. A really, really good transfer for us though. Honestly, like a free transfer for a player of his caliber with the with the other teams that were in to sign him. We were I was really optimistic. I think many were probably a little hesitant on his size, how he would acclimate to the Premier League. And it did take him a while. When he first started playing, you could definitely see that there was the need to adapt. But adapt he did, and eventually it just sort of clicked. I still don't think he's quite figured out how to like not slip every single match, which continues and probably will continue to just drive me absolutely up the wall. But when he does manage to stay on his feet, he's capable of some incredible finesse tricks. He's got it all in his locker, and I think he's going to be another huge asset, and and this is a theme. A lot of the new signings really integrated themselves well over the course of the year, and I think next year we can expect even
1: bigger and better things from Bernie. So next up, we've got some call-ups. To reference our comeback player of the year, finally... Michael Keane, along with Jordan Pickford, no surprise there, have been called up to the England squad for the UEFA Nations League final.
0: Yeah, totally deserved for both of them. Of course, Pickford has long cemented himself as England's number one. Um, and Michael Keane getting himself back into that conversation as per- perhaps a first-choice England center back. I don't know if he's quite at that caliber where he's going to be you know, locked in as a week-in, week-out first-teamer but he is definitely a player that I think has caught Gareth Southgate's eye based on his performances this year. I don't really know. I mean, in my opinion, I think that he could be starting for them regularly. And I, I'm really, I'm just really happy for him for after all he's been through to be rewarded in this way with a call up to the international competition, Nations League final. Um, I'd, I'd love to see him actually get some minutes and, and get more England experience because that can only bode well for uh, when he returns back to Finch
1: Farm. I agree with you. I think he could also, you know, be starting for England possibly next to Harry Maguire regularly. It's just about being able to impress in training against his compatri- compatriots. Next up, and this was actually a really awesome video to see, Richarlison was was not necessarily surprised but ecstatic to be called up for Brazil for the Copa America. And there was a nice video, I think the official Everton Twitter account shared it, of him sitting in his grandparents' house in Brazil with a ton of his family waiting, and then everyone cheers as it was officially announced.
0: Yeah, great video. If you haven't seen it yet, you really got to check it out because it's it's pretty amazing and, and so happy for him. Another player who just really deserves all that the credit that they're getting. When Charleston was signed from Watford for 30, whatever, 35, 40, whatever the rumor is, Many people laughed at it. Laughed, said it was a ridiculous price to play for the pay for the player. But we know now, after watching him for a year, that he was worth every penny. And the rumors swirling now are that we've slapped a three, uh, a six-figure, a nine-figure price tag on his head—a um, hundred million plus for Richarlison if he were to leave. And I think that that's totally fair. I think that he is a player with immense potential. You look at where he stands as far as like a U twenty from a U twenty-one perspective. Um, getting these senior call-ups is absolutely enormous. For a country like Brazil, of course, I don't need to tell anyone about what a a juggernaut of the international game that they are. And so for him to be associating with the national team and playing amongst that quality, I mean, the quality in the Brazil national team is phenomenal. To be able to train and practice and learn from those players, I hope, you know, the Neymar thing, I just kind of, I don't want him to take too much, too many notes from Neymar. About the flopping and whatnot, but it's a it's a tremendous accomplishment, and I think he's the type of player who um, is going to respond really well. And I think that he he he's not like a really typical Brazilian player. I don't think um, he's he's a little more physical and a little less finesse filled. But yeah, it's a, it's a huge accomplishment, and I'm I'm thrilled for him.
1: The only thing I want him to to uh, be doing with Neymar is the pigeon dance when he's scoring in the tournament over the summer. <laughs> Absolutely agreed. So next up, a little bit of a of a downer for us. Probably the only thing in this in this episode that's that's a bit of a downer. Joel Pedro Sousa, who is Marco Silva's assistant manager, is apparently set to leave for a managerial role in Portugal with a newly promoted team. Marco Silva, like most other managers, has had a host, you know, a team of guys that travel with him. From club to club, you know, the goalkeeping coach, the fitness coach, uh, the assistant manager, out Pedro Sousa, and it works well because, you know, they move up the learning curve together and, and and it allows them to, you know, you know who you work well with and and it's it's going to be unfortunate, but I think hopefully the club will fare just fine. And furthermore, he probably deserves it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely deserved and he's very well regarded. I know Marco Silva, of course, to have someone as your assistant manager, you have to think very highly of them. I think that, you know, Marco Silva gets all the spotlight, but the guys that make things click behind the scenes, all the assistant coaches are are just as important as a collective as the head man in charge, and it is going to be a blow to to lose someone who is so close to the manager, but that being said, there's been a lot of names floated out for his replacement already. I think I think we'll we'll obviously hire someone who's very capable and qualified for the role. So I'm not altogether, you know, gutted or anything that He's leaving. It's, it's honestly, I mean, if it's a good opportunity for him,
1: you have to respect that. And um, I wish him all the best. All right, James. So let's end this Everton news on a high note prior to moving on to just a couple of the main transfer rumors. So it has been reported in the last couple of days that Everton have donated a week's worth of wages to the unpaid staff of Bolton Wanderers. Now it was all over the news, all over the internet that Bolton uh, is having a lot of financial issues and they weren't paying their players but a lot of people forget in these instances that there are there's staff involved more that there are more staff than there are players that are not getting paid as well and so as we are called the people's club for good reason this is another fantastic instance as to the culture that the club you know has built and continues to uphold
0: yeah, it's just a great feel-good news piece. Um, obviously, it's very sad what's happening at Bolton with the financial mismanagement. We of course had a couple of players there on loan, uh, Callum Connolly and Joe Williams. They had a pretty miserable time in season, but it is—it's sad, to, like you said. The players and the on-field um, action kind of gets all the credit and then you, or all the attention, and then you forget about the people who wash the uniforms, the people who make the food, the people who, you know. Do all the do do all of those things that are so so important to making sure that the day to day at the club goes smoothly. and when those people aren't getting paid, it's just it's very, very sad. and so it's it, there were a few other clubs alongside Everton who also donated uh, wages and it's just a really good example of a football soccer community coming together and um just doing doing right for for a group of people who have who've been wronged essentially.
1: All right, folks. James, let's wrap this up with a couple of the main transfer rumors thus far, only a couple days into the transfer window of the summer. So, so it's just like a
0: taste almost because we really haven't gotten – the rumors have been flying all over the place. There's agents doing interviews. There's all this stuff going on. And in the midst of that, we know that Marcel Brands and Marco Silva are looking to do quite a bit of business offloading players as well as bringing players in. And it's looking like the first signing of the summer is likely to be Jan Loesel from Huddersfield on a free. So not the most glamorous signing by any means, but it does fit a need because the question of whether Jow Virginia is ready to make the step up to being, I guess, a full-time senior backup is still... I I still think he needs to be playing regularly. Like He's so young. um, It's not really... It's not really a good role for him to be sitting on the bench behind Jordan Pickford, who's going to be a mainstay. So Stecklenberg, I think it's time to move on from him. And I think that this could be a pretty good signing. I'm not familiar with the player, admittedly, but I again, just Marcel Brands has my uh, complete trust in every respect. And so I expect him to to come in and compete and just maybe just push Pickford that little bit more in training.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's 30 years old, which is not old for a goalkeeper by any stretch of the imagination, right? Furthermore, he's coming on a free transfer. We always like things that are free. They're usually better than, than when you pay for things, right? Uh, not to make him sound like an object. That was awful. <laughs> Furthermore, you have to imagine that coming from Huddersfield, the wages that he could demand, even just wanting to stay in the Premier League, are not going to be ginormous. So that's always a good thing, right? You have to understand, as you said, when Marcel Brands is recruiting, you know that it's going to be a smart bit of business. So I think it's a fantastic signing as a backup goalkeeper. And as you mentioned, ja, Virginia, hopefully he goes out on loan and gets some good first-team experience because, you know, just like Morgan Feeney, he was in the Everton U23 starting 11 that did win the league or win the treble. I mean, excuse me, the double, not the treble.
0: Yeah, it's it's vital that we get these younger players as they start to move up from the youth ranks out into getting some senior minutes wherever that may be. And so, the hope is that I think JaVirginia Virginia has a bright future, and and hopefully that is at Everton if we can continue to develop him in the coming years. But this just seems like a, a smart signing. It fits a need, and we can significantly whether he or not he's an upgrade on Stecklenburg, is hard to say. We haven't seen Stecklenberg in ages, um, and so, um, but he is. In the twilight of his career, and I expect him to be moved on. So makes makes smart smart bit of business, uh, wet the palate for what's to come for the rest of the rest of the summer. Um, the second rumor that we have is the rumor that Santiago Sosa, who is an Argentinian uh, defensive mid from uh, River Plot, is rumored to be signing for us for around fifteen
1: mil. Alex, what are your thoughts? So never heard of the kid. I tried to look up YouTube highlights because you know those are always uh, top tier in terms of trying to figure out how this player is going to perform. Am I right? Specifically specifically in the Premier League. Uh, Nonetheless, there were no highlight videos, unfortunately, that were even remotely recent. Point is, he's 20 years old. He is part of the Argentina U20 setup, and from what I read on Reddit, another top tier site for any of your uh, football scouting needs, people were saying that he is known or has a reputation for being one of their best players in the U-20 setup. He's only made a couple of senior appearances thus far for River Plate. 15 million euros seems like a pretty hefty fee, but you never know. Maybe he is like the next Martin Odegaard. Who knows, right? Is Is that a good one? Yeah. Is that a good? No, great shout, Alex. Great shout.
0: <laughs> but And this is actually, this is like the type of player that you want us to be signing, I think. Like there, it's not a sexy signing that's going to grab headlines or make big international news. But it is, I think, you know, knowing Marcel Brands has very, very good scouting network in place in South America. I think signing these types of young players who no one's ever heard of is, is a good sign because I'm sure that Marcel Brands knows all about him and thinks very highly of him. And you get these players for, and like you said, 15 mil is not cheap for a, for a young player with the potential that I assume Marcel Brands sees in him, obviously sees the potential for a return on investment. And so I think that it's just it just seems like the type of signing that you would expect uh, Marcel Brands to make as he looks to reshape the squad from top to bottom.
1: Yeah, the main two questions people have would be one, the work permit, because we're seeing that with... Henry Onyakuru over the last couple years, but might I remind you all that Ramiro Funes Mori, we also purchased from River Plate and he didn't have any issues. So ideally it would be kind of the same situation, but the main question would be, would he be part of the senior setup or not? And I really don't know, but you would imagine if we're spending 15 million euros on him, he would have to in some capacity.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a completely fair judgment. If you are if you are paying 15 mil, um, whether he'd immediately jump right into featuring into the plans, I think maybe like a buffer season, uh, whether that you sign him and send him out on loan, which I don't really see happening, or he just plays with the youth team for a year and maybe just gets his feet wet and then moves on. Um, but I do, I agree with you that like you don't pay 15 million for a player to then just sit, play for the U23s and and develop him, but It does. I I would be very surprised if he jumps in and immediately features into the first team plans. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for us. Our first summer episode in the bag done and dusted. Uh, We'll be back with, for you guys next week uh, with hopefully some more transfer rumors and some maybe interesting developments.
1: Thanks for tuning into the American toffee podcast. Be sure to follow us
0: on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases and Everton news. And we'll see you guys next time.